Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I just wanted to say something, just because um, it was mentioned during the prayers. Yesterday, I I got um, a testimony, I would say. I was speaking to a parent yesterday, and they spoke to me about um, their son that was come, they, they had concerns about who had left church kind of stuff. Because I had to go all the way to Finland to go and talk to this boy. Whether we to Finland, they can't say they will go. Don't worry. So when I was telling the mom yesterday, I said, see, as soon as the foundation is there, he will come back. So when she said, ah, as about he's back to church, I told you. He will come back. It is not easy. There are seasons like this. There are seasons like this. I can, I'll, I'll never forget, there was a crusade I was watching a few years ago. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn was doing the crusade and he was calling people to Christ. And there were thousands of people, hundreds of people that came. And normally he would praise God and things like that. He held the mic that day and he started to cry. He couldn't drop, he couldn't. So when he had to say, I need somebody else to come and do the prayers. So he now said, now pointed to a boy and his group of guys. He said, that is my son. He said, years, many years, I've been leading thousands of people to Christ. I always wondered, when will he come back home? He did invite the boy. The boy just turned up and he's cool. When you see them, they had, you know, uh, portable style. Red, pink, and that's how he, he stood there. And, you could see that the tears in his eyes was like, you know, the relief was so much that he couldn't pray. And he just said, you know, at times when you see us leading people to Christ, we still have people that are very close to our hearts that we are still trying to reach. So what is our response? And that's why I'm saying it. The Bible says that when, when the book of Hark, the Bible says that when Herod took Peter, the Bible says the church rose up praying with that season and he was released. So the best thing you can do is to remember him in prayers. And everyone around you, these things is normal. I have seen people who have, who have gone and they're back. It is, it is just as long as what I keep asking for is a foundation then, if the foundation is there, all you need to do is just pray. You know, um, so God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we, I just had to just put that in just because of, you know, like I said, what was said and so that we can know what our responsibility is as individuals. 
Um, one of the things that I would also say is this, is that as we, as we look at our pursuit, in the first instance is to first of all understand what is God, you know, God's agenda for a human being has never changed. What God is looking for, Malachi chapter 2, verse 14 to 15, the Bible says that, Bible says that you ask why it is that the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she has been your partner and your wife of your marriage covenant. As not the, as not the one God made you, you belong to him, body and spirit. And in that marriage, the Bible says, what does, um, what does the, um, what, and what does the one God seek? Basically, the Bible is saying that there is one thing that God is seeking in every home. The scripture says, I highlighted it, the scripture says, God is looking for a godly offspring. So, before a child enters the world, the intention of God is that I can receive a godly, um, a godly seed out of it. What I'm saying here is that the intention of God has not changed. The pursuit of God has not changed. So, either I am one years old or either I am 50, either I am 100, the one purpose that God is looking to buy you for is that I would raise Bayo up, Bayo will become more and more like me. That is his, his intention. That is his intention. However, it's for us to also know that it is not, it doesn't happen by magic. Having the pursuits of godliness is, it doesn't happen by magic. First Timothy, Paul was talking, he said, for physical training is of some value. But the Bible says the godliness, but godliness has a value in all things. Holding the promise of this present life and the life to come. So the Bible is saying that comparing physical exercise, how you train your muscles, is the same pattern by which you train yourself in godliness. You are not. When somebody is building their muscle, the muscle is there. They are just exercising it to become visible. To become visible. And you know, when we read the NS, NS, NSB 995.1 says, it talks about discipline. So there is what the Bible refers to also as godly disciplines. There is godly training. There is, there is training towards godliness. It doesn't just happen. And why I'm saying is that as we begin to understand this, you would, you would know that even as we see what God has deposited in you, just like a man has his muscles, except they put it to work, it will never happen. 
That is why when you begin to see from you know Timothy again, the Bible says, "But you, man of God," he said, "Flee from all these things." He now said, "Pursue righteousness and good." What does that mean? Do you know? How many of us as lead in Lagos when you are chasing bus or in UK? We are chasing bus and you, you get there and they, I do that something, you have something so many times. You run to the bus stop, you run to the bus, the guy sees you, then he just goes. You know, but the Bible says that pursue righteousness and godliness. So, what the Bible is saying to us is that. It is not something you cross your leg and expect to happen. It is something that you have to dedicate yourself. And I have to dedicate myself to pursue. Now the Bible is, and you know when Peter was talking, Second Peter, Peter now said to us that God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. What Peter is saying is that by your, you have no excuse because God has released everything to you to be able to live that godly life. But the Bible says that we have received all this by coming to know him. That means that in our said that be excellent promises by, by good promises and he has enabled us to share in the nature of God. So as, as you begin to know more about God, as you begin to understand him through scriptures, you have is is an avenue for God to to to, to pour his nature inside of you. To pour his nature inside of you. Now, when you now go to verse, verse 5, he now says, For this very reason, because everything that you need is released, he now said that make every effort. So, what God is saying to you and me is that yes you have been given the grace of godliness but the bible is saying now it is now your turn to make every effort to add to your faith goodness knowledge perseverance and to perseverance godliness so the Bible is saying it is not by mouth. I need to be committed to see it achieved. Now, this is the part that is also interesting. Verse 8. It said, But if you but if you propose this if you sorry, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, what he's saying is that you are ever your hate should ever be to increase your level of godliness. He said that they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the world. The Bible is saying the only way you can be productive 
and not only be knowing scriptures. The only way you can put it is that if you make efforts to always keep increasing your godliness, your behavior like God, your having the fear of God. Last year, can you measure? Do you know your increase? Because if you are, if you have no measure, you will never be able to know if you are increasing. So for me to be able to come to, to accept this scripture, I must be able to measure myself. I'm going to come to that. Measure myself and say, ah, by your you have moved a little bit. But do you know what that measure was? They will tell me how far I am still away from God. But the Bible says, I need to make effort. So I cannot just say, you know, it is, you know, there are some things that it's not really impossible you know, I, I know that I'm trying. God knows that I'm trying. God knows that I'm trying. The Bible talks about in Second Timothy that says some people have some form of godliness. Second Timothy three five, he says they having a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Paul said, forget those ones. How does a Christian deny power? Is that they don't, they, they have not, you know, when the Bible says to us, the Bible says that no man is tempted beyond his power. And God is not unfaithful that he will not, he will, he will tempt you beyond your level. So why do we fall? Is it that we do not realize the power that God is releasing to us? I'll give you an example. Somebody made, which is quite interesting. See, what is the definition of fall? If you are walking, if you fall, one thing, if you fall, as in if you are walking now, just describing falling, it is not something that I, I, pre, I, I, you know, I, um, I knew ahead of time. One, two, is that when I fall, I will not argue that I fall. I say, ah, you really can hear me. Is that not the... No, when somebody now say, I saw it, but I still did it. They did not fall. It was that, is that the fall? Now, somebody wants to... God help everyone of us. I see a girl in church. I want to have extra marital affair with her. I now find a location for us to meet. 
Is that funny? I had planned it. I got there. I waited for her. You got there, you took off your clothes. You unbuckled your belt. You are saying, ah, like somebody said, you say, ah, look at me, I'm about to follow you. I'm following you. <laughs> That's all you did. Do you know the grace of God throughout that period? The first time I saw her and I said, the Spirit of God will say, don't do that. You drive there, the Spirit of God will say, what are you doing here? Power is being released to you gradually. The, the girl comes because are you really going to do this? He said, ah, that's what Paul said. They deny power. Don't, 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 they, don't, they don't know what they're talking about. You did not. <laughs> you did it. It is wrong. But that you fell all that way. That falling is is powerful. What, what at times one of the things that when we talk about falling, the concern and when we use that statement loosely in that way is that we are putting the authority in the hands of the devil. So we say, ah, you know, it is the devil. But you are also denying the power of God inside your life. By constantly following along. So Paul said, they have a form of godliness, but they deny. They deny it, the power. So I go upon this to power of miracle, power of you know, when you read the context. He said they have form of godliness, but they are denying the power. I said, those people, they just talk. If truly you have the Spirit of God in you, the Spirit of God will be confirming that what you're doing is wrong. But you can now push it to one side. But what Paul is saying is that at least don't deny the power. Don't deny the power. Are we together? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it is important that this year we take our work with God seriously. And we're not talking about prayer and fasting. But you know that this is the pursuit of God. The mind of God is that I become more and more like him. That is his vision. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, we all with unveiled faces contemplate the glory of the Lord and we are being transformed into his image in an ever-increasing glory. We're still going to come down to that scripture, but I just wanted to point this to us that the intention of God is that we forever change. Now, there are, there are two major ways 
that God changes people into his form. You would always have those two things, you would always be, it will always be open to you. There is a way that I call from outside in. And there is the changing that happens from inside out. The outside in, you don't have control over it. God is the one that arranges it. The only thing you can do is to comply. And there is the inside out, which we will talk more about. That is your commitment that will determine if this one works. This one is compliant. This one is commitment. Now, outside in, God will place people around you that will help him in the journey of you, of, of, of you becoming like him. The scripture to that is the Bible says, iron will sharpen iron. Please, have you seen where iron is sharpening iron before? Because I thought you read that scripture. Oh, sorry, that is, um, sorry, it's dark, but, you know, um, when, we, when the Bible says, iron is sharpening iron. <laughs> Have you ever touched two iron that is sharpening each other? It's hot. God would place people around you. Either enemy, friend, husband, wife, family, whatever the case may be. That it would use to shape you from outside. So we have this quotation. You know, I saw this on, on Google. The, this iron is beating the other iron into shape. That part of outside in, you can never escape it. It is part of God's free will to you. It doesn't matter how it comes. I'll give an example. Jesus on the cross. Jesus will never have become a perfect sacrifice on the cross if there were no people that would help him in that job. Do you know how people helped him in that day? By slapping him, pouring things on him. And the first test Jesus did when he got on the cross, do you know the first test? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He, can, you can, he cannot be the priest and be the accused at the same time. So the first test he had to pass is either you are going to stand as an accuser or you are going to stand. So if you had felt that there is no need for remaining, but to be able to get to that point, 
the shaping had to happen. But this kind of shaping, compliance is what is needed. You would have every excuse to graduate yourself. And you'll be right. If Jesus had said, ah, what, what, what's all of this? I created you. You slapped me. God. He's going to die. Like that. But as far as heaven is concerned, he has failed. So this kind of compliance, you would always see opportunities to be right. But before heaven, you think. I was saying something one day. I said, I said at times, I said, I said at times, I was okay, somebody did something, I think so, and I and I um, I called the person and I greeted them and it wasn't it wasn't good self. Let me just I called them on the phone and we talked and things like that. Everyone is my weakness. As I dropped the phone, I went to, into the cyclone. I was dancing. Why? Because I know I have finally increased an age in my journey with God. Those parameters will always be there. Those are part of the outside-in parameters of God. They are called people. And they are instruments in the hands of God. Let's go on previous one. Previous one. The second outside in is circumstances. You find yourself in circumstances that, see, and in those cases, God would. <laughs> see, one thing that, the little that I have learned about God. Is that in those cases, if you say to God, I want to opt out, he will say, Go. And I'll tell you the reason why he will do that. Because he did not drag Jesus to the cross, he gave Jesus the option. When Jesus was saying, Father, not my will, take this cup over me. Do you know that God did not interrupt what he said? It was the one that now said, okay, not my will, but your will. God will never interrupt. It is that said, Father, you know, I, I pray and I'm saying, Lord, take this cup over me in the name of Jesus. God will say, it's okay. Cup is taken. In this pattern of God molding you into his nature, you know, was it couple of months ago or so, a few months ago, I was just debating on something. And I said, ah, I don't like this kind of God said, eh? Ah, that's a problem. I said, when did you when did I did I hear I don't? I thought you are dead. The fact that you say I don't like that that's a problem then. Because in this job that I have given you, you, you where are you? That's what I'm just trying to talk to you. That you, what in my you know, you, 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 you died. Have you forgotten? You know, and he said circumstances. It could be financial, 
could be your workplace, it could be friends, it could be family, any kind of circumstances. God's hand, the Bible says, and it says, the Bible says, all things work together for good for those who love God. It did not say every good thing. The Bible says, all good things work together for God. Now, it is how you respond to it that will determine either you grow into godliness or you strengthen your flesh. At every opportunity, when these things come, it is an opportunity for you. See, one of the things that you also see, until you overcome particular things, it will keep coming around. Because God does not graduate people. You will repeat the class. So you keep seeing it. Until when that until when what is God, God is trying to show you. Because there are, you see, one of the things that I've learned when it comes to God is that at times, and that's what I was that's what I was saying about at times when somebody or when you know maybe at work or something, I am more concerned about my response than what you have done. Because you are you are an opportunity for me to discover my level. Does that make sense? You are not putting for me to discover where I am as a human being. So some people say that Pastor will be no. I'm always <laughs> in that new man do personally because I'm like, ah, you still have a lot to do. You are not there yet. Now, those are outside in. The inside out is all of this we'll be talking about that God will be will be this ones it is it is your devotion to them. How well you are devoted to them. We're talking about all of them today. How well you are devoted to them will determine how so what I'm just saying is that these are the two major aspects that we God will continually change his people. He's been doing it from time memorial in scriptures. He will not change with me. When he wanted to put Israel to correction, to make them more godly, what did he do? He sent them to Egypt. They beat them into shape. He took them back. That is his pattern. So, it is for me to also know that this is how God works with me. So, when suddenly this go wrong, and things like that. I am first of all looking, okay, by something there's something for you to learn here. God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, um, a, a famous quote, Tom, let's come to slides down, please. He says, A coach is somebody who tells you what you don't want to hear, who makes you see what you don't want to see. So, 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 so you can, so you can be who you have always known yourself to be. There is a difference between a coach and a cheerleader. God is never a fan. There is nothing you are going to do, or I'm going to do, and I'm going to impress it. People have come before us. After we leave this world, people are still going to come. 
but his responsibility. That is why when the Bible talks about the truth, the Bible says one thing the truth talks about it, it, it is correct, it is hard. There are times you would, I don't know, God help every one of us, maybe I'm saying a bit far, there are times when God is dealing with me on an issue and I'm crying. One on you. And you know that it is his love. It is his love. Now the Bible says, which is quite interesting, the Bible says, um, First John chapter 3, please. The Bible says that dear friends, we already we are already God's children, but we yet do but he has he has he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we but we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him, we will see for we would for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation should keep themselves pure. The Bible says that if you are hoping that you will be like Christ, that eagerness will make you take certain decisions. Will make you take certain decisions. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. See, this is how God works with you. After the Bible says that in first, uh, John chapter 15, verse 2, the Bible says, He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. So if the branch does not bear fruit, God cuts it off. He said, While every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. Do you know that pruning is also cutting? If you are pruning a tree, he said, but the pruning he does for that one is so that it can become more fruitful. So you think that you have come to a level of maturity. God said, ah, yeah, let's get the scissors out, please. Let's put him, let's put my well into shape. So the pruning starts again. The pruning starts again. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, there are, as God is trying to bring us closer and closer to him, you always see that the Bible will always talk about that um, we talk about we are, as we behold him in a mirror, we are constantly changed. So that means that as we are looking at Jesus' true scriptures, you are, and now the, the challenge, one of the challenges is that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to see Christ for who he is. Let me give an example. See, at times I was sharing with somebody yesterday. At times, one of the challenges and the struggle with God is helping us to see. Because the day you see Christ for who he is, you would, the, the difference will be, will be obvious. You know, at times we sing the song, um, What Kind of Love Is This? 
that Jesus, that you would that you would sacrifice yourself for me. What kind of love is this? See, the truth is that we all have not understood what Christ did. I'm not saying you don't have head knowledge. It takes some level of, and I will explain to us. Somebody gave, um, excuse me, somebody had a partner that is in, in, in the UK. And the partner went to Nigeria. They were not married. But there was always a, a, a kind of misunderstanding. Part of the misunderstanding was, when she comes around, she's always complaining that ah, there's too much heat. And he was like, ah, what is all this? What is all this too much heat, too much, too much, too much, too much heat? Does he not know that where she's coming from, the weather is cold? He reads the news. He's seen it. But he has never experienced it. So he cannot understand, even though he has head knowledge of what it is to live in a cold country then to travel to Nigeria. The difference was after he spent two or three years here, he now visited Nigeria. Now, first thing he said, ah, why is this place hot? Why is this place hot? I mean, I was like, please, 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 get generator, get generator, get, get generator. Then he also said, ah, he said, I now realize what my wife was complaining about. Why? Because he was able to visit and live in the place she was. That's why Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You will never understand. You think you understand. But until the Spirit of God brings you to the reality of who Christ is, you would always be, we would always be like that one in Nigeria saying, well, Jesus died. You know, he loves me. I know he loves me, but the reality, the import of that thing has not settled. So no matter how they are describing London to that person, even though he's reading it in the news, he will still be saying, eh, I understand. But that doesn't mean that you'll be coming and be shouting everywhere that there's no light. But after he spent three years here, I went back home. It was even complaining that people are so dark. It's a city, everybody's just dark everywhere. <laughs> I said, ah. I said, hey, I'm not dark. <laughs> but why was he struggling with it? Even though he knew about London, he has never lived that kind of life. You will never understand what Christ has done, no matter how much you sin except the Holy Spirit reveals to you who he is. And somebody can be visiting London and coming back and still be saying, eh, the weather is not too bad. Because they never stayed there, they only visited. Peter only had an encounter briefly and he quickly went back to start to deny Jesus. But until the Holy Spirit got hold of him on the day of Pentecost, he never had that Peter went back. So you can still be having revelations, dreams of heaven. You have not seen the original thing. Until when Christ settles himself for you, 
when you now see what kind of love is this, then no matter what it is God is putting you through, you don't see it. Because what you are seeing is far greater. Does this, do we understand this? God help us all in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, one of the ways, and like we said, is that as we, the Bible says that as as we all, as we as God reveals Himself to us through scriptures. So part of the thing is to begin to ask God to open my eyes to who you are. Because the more you see him, the more you are changing. There is an expectation, there is a revelation of God that you would see through scriptures that in such a way that, you know, it will be different. It will be different. And why are we saying all of this? To come to this as we close. Malachi chapter 2 verse 17. The Bible says the Bible talks about that. The Bible says that people are God is saying you are all wearing me with your arguments. You are saying hey, why, is, why is it that people who are doing evil are prospering? They said God is pleased with them. And they said, where is the God of justice? Maybe in your family environment or things around you, you are at a point where you feel, you know, what is where, where exactly is the God of justice? And when we now go to Malachi chapter 3, the next chapter, you see God now said, you know what I will do? I will send my messenger who will prepare a way before me. Suddenly the message, the message, the, suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come into his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come and say the Lord and, and, and come, will come, says the Lord Almighty. He now said, but that day that he turns up, who will be able to endure? The Bible says, who will be able to stand and appear? The Bible says that now, you think that the issue is outside. But God is saying, no, the issue is not outside. The issue is with my priests. If my priests can be right, things will be right. And please, before you begin to look at pastor, prophets, the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. And God is saying that he said, He said, it will be like a refiner's fire. And Lord brought so. Let's go on, please, quickly. He now said, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them as gold or silver. Then they will be able. Then, then the Lord will make men bring offering of righteousness and the offering of Judah and Jerusalem by way will now be acceptable to God. But please note, the Bible says that God will sit on his priests as a refiner and a purifier. 
first thing I note in that scripture is that God is sitting, he will not chase you. This refining process and purifying, he doesn't chase you. He will sit where he sat. You can say, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in this. You say, okay, it's not a problem. The position of the refiner is sitting. That is where I said, the inside out is devotion. He said, I will refine and purify. See, when they are refining and purifying, these things are never done in cold water. They are, you know, everybody wants to buy something, that's good. But you ask God, where have you been? <laughs> God will tell you that, ah, He said, as a refiner, the question is, this year, are you ready to sit as a purifier? Are you ready to sit down before God as he sits over your life to purify? Do you know one thing that refining does? Is that at times you would think that you have removed all the debt. Have you seen when they're doing refining of gold? But the more you hit the fire, you will see fresh things begin to bubble up to the, to, the, to, to, the, to the top. At times, that's different between the characters. It is the level of refinement. So, some of us, we think, ah, I am okay. And God says, ah, let's increase fire. They now bubbles up to the sky. You see, he's still there. He's still there. I got to say, no. See, the problem is that as I take you from one level of correct gold to another, the difference is that there is still some dirt inside of you and me. But as you, as I turn up the heat, it bubbles to the top. Am I going to make an excuse for what has bubbled to the top? Or am I going to say, God, take it away? And as we move to this journey in this year, I am just saying as we pursue godliness in this year, it is going to be a period of refining. Things will bubble to the top. And God will say, this is the evidence of you still need more refining to go. But once it is done, the Bible says then the people will be able to bring God. So all the issues that you think they are issues, the issue is that the gold is not properly refined. And the last scripture I'm going to share with us as we, as we, as we seek God to come on situations around us. David understood this better. But you know, the Bible talks about building an altar. Exodus. The Bible says, make an altar of heads for me. 
and sacrifice on it the burnt offering and fellowship offering and your sheep and your goat and your cattle where I will cause my name to be honored. He said, I will come to you and bless. So God said, build an altar of earth. What earth means in that scripture is sand. Or something from, you know, the, the sand and things like that. He now said, the Bible now said to us, he said, he now said, this is the problem. This altar that I'm asking you to build, you do not use a hammer on it. I don't want you to, because once you use an hammer on it, you have defiled that altar. What does that mean? Why do you use hammer on an altar if you are building an altar of stones? You are trying to beat it, to force it in. Hmm? Keep it in place, but you're trying to force it in. And that's what the Bible is saying. I don't want an altar that you force in. He has to be freely given to me. Me and God, we are still, ah, we are, we are, we are going back and forth. I used to God is not, you know. See, there are certain things that we have been used to as traditions, as as viewpoint, as talking points. But at that point in time, when God is struggling with you, he has not started using you. I'm not saying that you might not have experience here and there, but he has not, he has not, God doesn't force anyone. Go and read scriptures. Paul, that people refer to, that God had an encounter with him. The Bible says, Paul, it was Paul that later said, what will separate me from the love of God? He didn't say, what will tie me with God? No. When Jesus, his disciples, I don't know which kind of church is that, his disciples, hundreds of people, they left. Jesus went to the twelve and said, uh, Mass, Peter and John, what are you doing here? You two, you can go. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Why did, did, did they not have a calling from God? Did Jesus not hear them that God called them? But God will never force you. That's what I'm trying to say. God will never force you. Please, if you have a, 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 a thought that God forces people, <laughs> it, would, it can force you out of love, but it has not started job. Because his pattern is that you have to freely cover yourself. Isaac never struggled with Hebrew. Jesus, God never intervened until he decided to break himself, even though he was the son of God. That's what Jesus said. I gave my, I laid my life on the floor. Nobody forced me. And I can choose to take it up. What he's saying is that in God's kingdom, the freedom is there. The Bible says godliness will be difficult. What we are talking about is not an easy journey. But it is a journey that has to be done by giving up myself. 
doesn't make sense. And that is where we are going to come to the place of prayer. Is that as I pursue, the Bible says, pursue godliness, it will not come to you. You cannot pray yourself into godliness. You can only begin to take deliberate steps. Deliberate, painful steps. But you know, when we do exercise, when you are training another part of your muscle, what happens? It is hard. You feel the pain. But as you continue in that journey, it becomes easy. As a guy is playing keyboard now, you would think that when they get back to him, they brought keyboard together with him. But that was not it. There were days he did not like, even though he did not want to go and practice keyboard. I don't know, but I think there are days you cried. Exactly. But now you are hearing him play and you are enjoying it. For God to bring out the best in you, there will be days you will cry like him. When the person that was, whoever was pushing you around to go and learn keyboard and you were crying, what do you think then? You thought they hated you. Exactly. But now, so in those days when they were when they were saying no, he thought that person hated him. See, at times when God keeps quiet, it is not because he hates you, it's because he loves you. At times when he seems like he's turning his back and not listening to what you are saying, it's not that he hates you, it's because he loves you. There are some of us here. That when our parents were with us at the time, we thought, ah, who is this? Who is, why is it? What kind of parent is this? But today, you look back. Have you noticed that your mom, it happens to us, that your mom would, your somebody would do something. Your mom would say, ah, hey, mom, that we be here. Don't be like, ah, which mom? My mom? <laughs> but if you try it, in fact, why they are telling you to purposely to calm down and not they are looking at you like ah, if they pull you well, do it. You'll be like, what kind of woman is this? See how she's allowing other people to just go. The reason is that you are a child, she loves you. At that time, you will not call it love. Say, see, she's an hypocrite. She will go outside and, and children will be saying, say, don't, don't beat them. A child will come to her house and say, ah, do you want food? Please, ah, let him eat. But when you go to somebody's house, <laughs> as they give you food, they do like this. <laughs> Then you begin to go. Are you not going to eat? Say, I'm going to eat. I don't know what kind of mom you have. Eat! You feel like. <laughs> you know, mommy, 
say there's a good journey. No, 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 no. It, 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 it. It's it. Don't worry. Thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. Because you know, by the time you step out of that house, <laughs> you have had last supper. <laughs> that is how God is like you. You think He hates you. You think He doesn't see what you are going through. But it is not in His own interest to rescue you. Just as you look back and you are grateful for the decisions your parents took, no matter how bad it felt at that time, you and I also will be grateful when our own time comes. Just like Uncle Joshua today is looking back and he's saying thank you to those people. At times you might want to, want to buy them gifts, but that day you never want to buy them gifts. You want to buy them something else that is not gift. Are we together? Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.